Welcome to Season 2, Episode 4 of the Dead Serial Podcast. I'm your host, LJ. This is the Salt Lake Comic Con Redux episode with my good friend, Joe Limbaugh, co-host of the Fan Addicts of Film YouTube channel, and a, again, a wizard at geekdom. I'm really excited to sit down, hear about Joe's experience at Comic Con. So without further ado... All right. La 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 Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> so we're recording episode four. Cheers. Season two of the uh, Dead Serial Podcast. All right. Ooh. Well, Valentine's Scotch Whiskey. Uh, it's the first time we're going to record video for the upcoming YouTube project from Dead Serial, which you're going to have a big part of. Yeah. Yeah. But it's shh. Right? Right. 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 So you'll be a part of the YouTube content that's coming soon. No promises when, but that's not why we're sitting. <laughs> that's not why we're sitting down right now. Salt Lake Comic Con Redux with Joe Limbaugh. Well, what's up, man? Break it down. Tell oh man, three days happened. of Fan X. So that was uh, September sixth through the eighth at the uh, Salt Palace Convention Center in downtown Salt Lake City. Uh, it's nice and warm those three days. Um, it's no longer called, uh, Salt Lake Comic-Con. You were telling me about that. So what, yeah. what led up to that? Some drama with San Diego Comic-Con? Yeah, there was some, fit? there was some, uh, drama from what I understand. Uh, promoters of our Comic-Con were kind of promoting Salt Lake Comic-Con around San Diego Comic-Con, uh, ah. with their vehicle that's all decked out <laughs> the Comic-Con mobile. And they were coming, from what I understand, giving a cease and desist. Because San Diego has a trademark it on it. familiar, yeah. And um, and that didn't happen. And Comic-Con, they, San Diego, the promoters of San Diego and New York Comic-Cons, the two biggest industry Sue. Comic-Cons <laughs> in the world. Yeah, they basically, it was a lengthy lawsuit. I mean, it was a few years. It went on for a while. A while. Uh, because there is the argument, you know, can you trademark a, an abbreviation of a word? Um, but apparently they, there is a trademark on it. So now we have to call it the uh, Fanex Salt Lake Comic Convention, which isn't bad because Fanex was the name of well, the, the the winter convention that we right. have. So they had which was the, usually the main smaller con, scale. which yeah. was Salt Lake Comic Con in and the fall. Yeah, for the fans. Yeah, very fitting. Yeah, Fanex. Well, the emphasis which, on Fanex was more or less to like um, get more involvement with the celebrities, authors, and and, and uh, artists with the fans a little bit more intimate smaller scale they wouldn't right. open up the entire salt palace like they do with the con the the main con but now it's just the main con because i don't think they're going to do the midwinter con anymore i think this is this is this it. is it which is fine once a year big shebang yeah. and it, yeah it, it works well this year i think we had the probably the biggest roster of like big we've had a lot of big celebrities here within oh huge. comic industry within you know uh novels and film and television uh, but this year, I think they had a really, it was, at least who was originally announced, it was a pretty impressive roster. But, like, unfortunately, Ben Affleck had to back out. Um, Dick Van Dyke uh, had to back out. Which we have would have some been stuff to talk year. about Ben Affleck as well. Yes, we do. Well, and enough about kind of what went on with that. Let, let's get to the meaty part of, yeah, yeah. of the episode, if you will. Sure. Comic-Con. Yeah. Um, so this one that just happened with... Takeaways, experiences, any news as far as upcoming shit? I don't yeah, know. yeah. You tell me. Um, 
this year I didn't get a chance. Normally when I go to these things, I drop a lot of money to meet celebrities, get photos. And people are there for their different reasons. People there for cosplay. People there for, you know, they're, they're there just to check the vendor stuff out. Panels, spotlights. I try and get a little bit of everything in there. Uh, so... Normally I go for the celebrity photos and, and signatures, you know, but this year I just kind of had to scale it back because uh, I'm a new homeowner. So, um, congratulations. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it went like a year and a half, but, um, so I had to scale back. Uh, so I was able to meet David Tennant the first day I was there, got his, uh, photograph. If you're not familiar with David Tennant, uh, 10th doctor on Dr. Who, Kilgrave on Jessica Jones, Scrooge McDuck on DuckTales. Peter Vincent, the new, the, the new DuckTales. Yeah. Peter Vincent in the 2011 remake of Fright Night. Barty Crouch Jr. in Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. He's currently the, a voice on the animated series uh, Final Space. And he's just done a ton of stuff. Like, I love this guy. I really started to like him. Obviously, as Doctor Who, he yeah. was great. Yeah. But for me, Jessica Jones. Yeah. And that role. Kilgrave. Yeah. Kilgrave and that character. He just fucking killed it. Dude, I think he is the most interesting uh, Marvel villain that I've seen in their cinematic universe. I think he's the most complex. I, I would agree with that. And you almost feel sorry for him. Yeah. You know what I mean? You almost for a moment have sympathy. Almost. <laughs> I forgot to mention he's also on Broadchurch and the American version, Grace Point. Uh, if you haven't seen those, they're on Netflix. They're incredibly good BBC drama from the guy who's now the new head writer of Doctor Who. So... It all comes full circle. In fact, the new the new Doctor <laughs> Who, uh, Jodie Whittaker was on Broadchurch with David Tennant. Nice. So that's cool. So like six, six degrees, degrees of, of Kevin Ke Bacon. Uh, well, six degrees of David Tennant. <laughs> I I sort of like. There's a connection. Well, he, dude, his 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 wife, uh, Georgina Moffat. She uh, played his cloned daughter in an episode of Doctor Who. Nice. And then they got married. But her dad was the actor. Peter Davidson, who played the fifth yeah. Doctor. So, like, boy, man. It's a good thing he was already a fan before he played the Doctor, because whether you like it or not, like, you're stuck with that. <laughs> I think that's fantastic. So I got to meet him and get a photo on the first day. I uh, showed him my Doctor Who tats, which I probably Damn. can't see, but... Well, and we, you brought those up in at least the last episode, not the last mm. two, so... Yeah. Nice so people actually can see it. Yeah. Uh, it totally... Uh, you probably can't see that, but I showed him the, and of course on the radio, I, I could describe it to you, but I'm not going to, but he, um, <laughs> use your imagination, yeah, please. Just picture some Dr. Who stuff. <laughs> I, uh, I showed him the artwork and he was, he was pretty cool with that. Um, and then, uh, I think that first day was more or less hitting the vendor floor just to see what was going on this time. See, uh, we get a lot of the same people come back. I think they go to a lot of the different cons, your t-shirt vendors, a lot of toy vendors, different artists, different artists, writers. But I, I like to just yeah. see what, if there are any like fun gems I can find, right? Some cool stuff. Typically Comic-Con that that's a big reason why I go. I, I've never really paid money to sit down and get a photo with anybody. Yeah. It's cool that they're there. Yeah. Cosplay kicks fucking ass. Yeah. Shit ton of uh, nerds, so I feel comfortable, yeah. like I'm in my element. Yeah. And, uh, but it's mainly for art. I mean, yeah. prints and, you know, maybe comics. I buy but... a lot of prints, too. I do get comics, but because I buy comics regularly in my comic book shop. What's once, there to buy? You know, exactly. Like, <laughs> if I see something that I know I can't find at Black Hat Comics, I will, 
like some older issues that are kind of rare or you know what I mean like all if I'll you find an original creep show graphic novel oh yeah anywhere grab, grab it for me it. and I will reimburse you sounds good <laughs> hopefully they have two I was day. at Dr. Bolt's and I went in there thinking they'd be on the shelf and they're like yeah, no. Yeah, that's no, been that's out of print. Way out of print. For a while. <laughs> I mean, you could probably find it on eBay for vastly inflated prices, but at these cons... That's what they said. They don't... They... they I don't know. They don't seem to be too overpriced. I expect to pay a little bit more because I have picked up some back issues. They're not nearly as pricey as, I, as probably what they could ask for. Yeah. But um, I don't know. It's a lot of fun. I guess it, it depends on the which vendor you go to, but... I ended up getting a, a Doctor Who record. Like nobody ever brings music, like records, to these things. There used to be a guy who sold vinyl for vinyl records. Those who are hip, old school. Because, <laughs> but here's the thing: is I was old school before that was hip. So, there you go. I'm not jumping on that. We've aged wagon. ourselves on the podcast before. I yeah, think it's all right. Well, to continue that. Trend. Normally, there's this guy that sells the. Uh, CDs that are bootlegged. Like I picked up the Phantasm Two soundtrack, and my buddy Chris picked up the uh, Thing soundtrack. And John fifth, Carpenter's John Carpenter's thing. The Thing, nice. and they were um, Don Coscarelli's Phantasm Two. They were fifty bucks each, and we were so stoked. They were straight up burned discs <laughs> with low quality MP3s. So I don't know that guy. Lucky for him, he doesn't come back because I would just harass the shit out of him this time. I'd just stand there and just like. Tell Sell people. me bootleg shit. Bootlegs. Bootlegs. <laughs> That's burned. It's low quality. Don't buy it. Because that was bullshit. Um, that is bullshit, too, though. If you have something you're willing to sell or trade, let it be of good quality. Mm-hmm. And fuck it, man. Come on. So, um, Just rip shit in your mom's basement and print yeah. out the album cover, throw it in a disc case, and go sell it at a convention. I mean, he knows. Like, what are you going to do? F- drive out to the next convention somewhere to f- confront him? So, Maybe we should. But you know, because <laughs> mm, three days there, I wonder how many other people have gone back after the first and second day and just like, you son of a bitch. Because that's, I, I was like, we were both pissed. 50 bucks for something I could have, you know, probably found online myself. Yeah. And probably a better quality. But um, <laughs> so nobody, so I don't really see any music. Nobody sells vinyl records there, although they should because soundtracks are really popular right now. Yeah. They're going for a lot I've of I've always money. been a fan of soundtracks. Like, there's a company called, uh, was it Mondo? They put out a lot of, um, like, soundtracks that have never been released before, like the Monster Squad, Evil Dead, Love Evil it. Dead 2. Love it um, even more. And like, What's up, Sam Raimi? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> When's your next movie, dude? Hasn't done a movie since Oz the Great and Powerful. Which was decent. Yeah. I liked it. But that was five years ago. What was uh What was the one before that? It had a lot Drag of elements. Drag Me to Hell. Yeah. I was going to say it had a lot of elements from the Evil Dead series. Yeah. I'm surprised that was PG-13. It didn't feel like it. That was I, a, that's a great movie, too. It is. I picked but up I'm a sucker factor. for Sam Raimi. I'm a whore for Evil Dead. Yeah. So to have that same feeling. I mean, the and, last, and thing, <laughs> last thing he directed for, I mean, was the pilot for Ash vs. Evil Dead. But yeah, um, going back to the cons, so I picked up this... Uh, um, Vinyl? Doctor Who soundtrack uh, on uh, picture disc. Nice. So it comes in a, a plastic sleeve, and then you can see the image on both sides of the disc. Oh, yeah. And it's, it's pretty thick. It's like 14 tracks from the first five seasons, so that's three Doctors it covers. <laughs> and I have an older picture disc that has tracks from the first five Doctors runs. So I thought, oh, that's perfect. I'm going to get 
that. We got a uh, Sarah Jane action figure from the Sarah Jane uh, Adventures Doctor Who spinoff. I'm unfamiliar with Sarah Jane. Sarah Jane was a companion who traveled okay. with the third and fourth Doctor. Because the Doctor always has a companion. Yeah, he yeah. always travels with companions. They used to be called assistants. <laughs> that's sounds pretty assistant. corporate. Yeah, that's no good. Sounds no. like I'm an intern and not getting not getting paid. Um, so Sarah Jane, she was she's always been like the, the most popular companion, and she made a return to the new series in a in a uh, episode back in. Uh, 2005 David Tennant's first run and became popular enough that she was able to get her own series until unfortunately the actress died oh, in 2011 shit. from cancer uh, Elizabeth Slayton so that was heartbreaking for me but um, I, I have a lot of Doctor Who action figures a lot that I've picked up from these cons that you wouldn't find at Toys R Us or Hot Topic or any of the places that sell that stuff Yeah, you might be able to find it online but yeah. you're going to pay an arm and a leg this yeah. figure that I paid they wanted uh, $25 for somebody on Amazon. The minimum I was seeing it for was like $50. They wanted $25 at the con, but I only had a $20 in cash. I want to use my credit card. I'm just like, I literally, I just went, oh, man, I've only got a $20. And she goes, the gal who was selling it, she, she says, uh, I'm not worried about the 5 that was just like score. Nice. Did you see the sleep? Is that what it was? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah they could tell I was a fan because they had a lot of really cool Doctor Who stuff. If I hadn't have picked up that record, the record, which had been a Hot Topic exclusive back in 2014, I wouldn't know because I don't really go to Hot Topic because I'm a grown man. I don't think I've been to a Hot Topic since I shoplifted a Misfits belt buckle from there when I was 18 or yeah, 19. Yeah, so it's been a minute. For what it's worth, I rocked that belt buckle till it broke for well over 10 years. Nice. Easily nice. 12. I'd be confident saying 15 years. Yeah. One belt buckle. Well, I was never a mall <laughs> punk, so going to a mall no. store. I'll tell you, though, the last time I was in there, they were playing, uh, was, I think, song number two by Blur was on, right? 1997. Right. And, uh, like, I love those guys. And I was like, man, I haven't heard I this I love that minute. song. I'm not overly familiar with Blur. Blur. Outside Really of good brick pop, man. Yeah. Uh, that song was actually there making fun of our grunge music, which kind of died out by that point. But yeah, anyways, because uh, it was so the, not British. the UK though, because they're typically what would you say five to ten years kind of behind where we are with style and fashion and trends. No, I think they're a little ahead. Really? Because they've got Europe right there, where a lot of the trends come from. Even a lot of the trends out of New York are coming in from Europe. Things like. Well, I think most of the nice. designers and fashionistas are European, but could be wrong. I guess it depends on the scene. It depends on the scene, I would say. But, like, um, the the song was playing on the um, speakers, and I was like, what, do you guys got this streaming on, like, Pandora or something? And he's like, kid looked at me, swear to God, he goes, yeah, we like the classic rock around here. And I was just like, what? <laughs> You have offended me, and uh, fuck this place. Fuck you. It really fuck is. It really is for kids. I'm going home. Yeah, I'm going that's to... fucking sad. So, anyway, so I found this figure for right. for dirt cheap, and I was really stoked on that. I collect I collect a lot of things, but I I like and we've magnets. mentioned that in the past, but I like refrigerator magnets. So my refrigerator is going to get to a point where I'm not going to have any room for any more magnets. Time for a mini fridge. Full of beer. Exactly. Next to the couch. Right, right in the living room. Across from your gaming console <laughs> and Blu-ray player. Right next to the Surrounded by yeah. your collectibles. Exactly. <laughs> uh, and I probably have to do it. But I picked up four new magnets there. 
I forget the size, they're just kind of standard magnets, but um, I got a Back to the Future. So it's the poster art from the first film. Nice. No no titles. So it's just the artwork by Drew Struzan. I have um, to see that. Which is iconic. Total um, fanboy for Back to the you Future. You love the, the first two. The third one's okay. I like it. I'll watch it. But the first two are my favorites. Yeah. The, the second one one's okay. my favorite, really. But I think for me as a kid, Marty McFly was the first hero that I idolized. Really? The character. To okay. me, he was a hero. Yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it's totally a hero. He's fucking great, man. And he gets a little greedy <laughs> in the second film, but you know, he doesn't actually use the the almanac, so Well, and have you heard the theory that in Back to the Future Two, Marty died? Marty McFly dies. Okay. Spoiler alert for <laughs> any loser who hasn't seen <laughs> Back to the Future. You haven't seen Back to the Future by now. So oh. the tunnel when Biff's chasing him, he's trying to get the almanac back. Yeah. And all of a sudden, Doc shows up out of the blue, out of nowhere, drops right. the rope with the little flags, and he grabs it and he pulls them up. Well, it, it kind of reminds me of Rick and Morty, because the the fan theory, and it's not mine, I saw it on YouTube, of right. course, is that in another timeline, Marty McFly gets hit by Biff's car and ran over and dies. So the doc that comes back and drops the rope is from that timeline and saves Marty and they go back to the future, so forth and so on. Okay. No, actually... Kind of a creepy Playing around with time travel, it it doesn't really (laughs) surprise me. It's kind of like the 2009 Star Trek with Spock Prime coming back to an alternate dimension. Yeah. Yeah, it works for me. I don't... Yeah, that's an interesting theory. I'm going to have to... Read up a little bit more on that one. That was kind of new. Nice. Um, Back to con. Yeah. No. Action um, figure. The the magnets. Collectibles. I got a a Stranger Things magnet because I love Stranger Things. I I am a big fan of Stranger Things. Yeah. (laughs) Sorry. I'm just making sure it's still not freezing up. I thought you were going to (laughs) like play some kind of quote from the show, but you can. Now you can insert I insert those later. (laughs) Okay. There's very little editing. As you know, I kind of prepped the intro and outro beforehand. And yeah. Clips, etc. And the only thing I really do is just take our sit down and plop. Oh, in. okay. So. Um, an Ultraman magnet, which Ultraman is like the very famous Japanese superhero from the uh, late, from the mid-60s. And you'd kind of be like the first Super Sentai, although I don't necessarily think he's a super Sentai. Power Rangers would be Super <laughs> Sentai. It's just, it, he's basically a Japanese superhero, and I love the guy, and you rarely see any of his his stuff. I'm pretty sure these magnets were bootlegs. I don't care. <laughs> I bought it. And then the last one was, a, it was the cover of Action Comics number 48 from DC way back in like 1939 or 40. It's where they, maybe it was th- even 38. It's where they introduced the Golden Age Sandman, Wesley nice. Dodds. Who's one of my favorite? I like pulpy, old pulpy characters from the 30s and 40s. Like, you know, your Doc Savage, the Rocketeer, even though he was created in the 80s, takes place in the 30s. But like yeah. the Phantom, the Shadow, Dick Tracy, that kind of. It's you know, a great genre or period. Yeah, yeah, it's a great period. In yeah. So the Golden Age Sandman him. took his, his storylines ran through the 30s and early 40s and before he became like a typical superhero with a costume and. He ran around in a fedora, three-piece suit, trench coat, gloves, 
spats and a World War One gas mask, and he had a sleep gun, and that's his nice. thing, and it's just very cool. So, um, in fact, the guy that I bought the magnets from, he had uh, one of DC Direct's action figures uh, from a couple years back of that Sandman in that costume, just like the <laughs> magnet. He wanted 50 bucks for it, which is about right, but... Thought, well, I think it I'm was gonna, fair, but too much. I think I'm going to buy that record instead. Again, I was limited this time, so I decided to utilize this this whole con experience this year uh, by seeing more panels and spotlights and spending less time on the vendor floor and around the celebrity photographs and signatures, yeah. just so I would, you know, not overspend myself <laughs> because I can do that. Um, but this is actually the tenth. One of these cons, 11th one of these cons I've been to in the last five years. Damn. I can't believe they've been going on that much. Yeah, well... It's so, a short period of time <laughs> where they were doing the con two, and then Fan yeah, X two, two year, a year. And then the one-year fantasy con. Normally, I go to these Comic-Cons as a VIP, nice. even the Fan X. This year, I went uh, as a gold member uh, just because I couldn't... It, VIPs for, like, full-blown. Like, if you're going to spend money... Everything. Go VIP if you just want to kind of do what I did. Go gold. Uh, Fantasy Con I only did one day because it was <laughs> Fantasy Con. I just I had to meet Simon Pegg, as you all know, Simon Pegg. I had to meet. Uh, we have mentioned before that on this podcast that you are definitely a fan of Simon Pegg. Love Simon Pegg ever since <laughs> Spaced. If you haven't seen Spaced, the the uh, Channel Four TV series that ran from ninety nine to two thousand one. Suggest you see it. Same I director, it. Edgar it. Wright, same guy who did nice. uh, Baby Driver, Scott Pilgrim, and the Cornetto trilogy. I still haven't seen Baby Driver. It's good. I want to see it so it's bad. Really the trailer good. was enough to sell it for me. Yeah. And then the soundtrack throughout the oh, trailer. Oh, the soundtrack like, oh, is so oh, good. What I is this? To, I need to get it on vinyl. It's such a good soundtrack. I have it on my computer, but um, it's not the same. And I don't collect vinyl, but I can. Appreciate people's yeah. appreciation for vinyl. <laughs> yeah, I'm just, it's just, it's a different. It, I mean, it's, it's the same sound. It just sounds richer and fuller. I think. And plus, I like that analog needle on the record sound. But uh, Edgar Wright directed all those episodes of uh, Spaced with uh, Simon Pegg and Nick Frost. Nice. And I wish Nick Frost would come. That to is one of our Nick cons. Frost. The dude that's in most of Simon Pegg's yeah, movies, Shaun yeah. of the Dead. He's, in it. he's Ed in Shaun of the yeah, Dead. Yeah. Uh, he's Mike on Spaced. He's in Hot Fuzz and the World's in Paul. And uh, <laughs> he was on Hyperdrive and uh, Attack the Block, uh, Pirate Radio. Dude, I like I Nick haven't Frost. seen those last three. Dude, Attack the Block's cool. That's where John, John Boyega's early, one of his early films. Nice. And uh, same thing with Jodie Whittaker, the new Doctor Who. Yeah. And... Um, Kid who plays the wallet, uh, the um, second firestorm on Legends of Tomorrow. Crap, can't remember his name. But all these, all these English actors coming over here, it's so cool. But um, yeah, the uh, um, sorry, it took you way off course. I keep doing no, no, that. you're it's fine. It's scotch. No, it's, I'm enjoying my libations. Yeah, no, <laughs> I'm just trying to think of the most interesting things that happened because this year I really did scale back. Normally I go to these things. Well, you mentioned panels, and what what panels did you see that stuck out to you? Data from Star Trek. What's yeah, I'll get that? I'll get to that. Okay. Normally at these things, though, I walk around and I we're one of the few cons, big cons like this. And I say big because even though we're not a big promotional con where all the studios are coming to promote stuff, 
we have a, a highest we have one of the highest attendance per capita so we this attracts a lot of people yeah but we're one of the the few that don't have a beer tent most of those places like san diego new york you got to go to the beer tent to drink not ours. You, yeah. can, you can walk you around. You get your wristband, you grab a beer, yeah. and you can walk around. You go anywhere you want. It doesn't yeah. matter. So normally I'm pounding beers, and I bring my flask with me, and I <laughs> you know, I hide that shit, and maybe I have a few other things on the way there just to take the edge off, because when you're dealing with 100,000 people on a Saturday and a... Hey, CBD is com- completely legal yeah. in the state of Utah. <laughs> so... Uh, um, this year, I was just kind of, I brought the flask still, and I just thought, you know, I'm just going to kind of take it easy. Let's go see more panels and spotlights. And on that first night, I went to a Robotech panel. Nice. Uh, Steve Yoon, who is a part of Harmony Gold, which is the company that distributed Robotech back in the 80s, and they still have the North American license for the property. They, they, they actually, a lot of our panels are... In a lot of cases, there are a lot of local people talking about, you know, local podcasters and things talking about and speculating about television shows or films okay. and things like that, which is fine. But these guys are legit. Like, this is the same presentation they took to Comic-Con, San Diego Comic-Con, New York Comic-Con, probably Anaheim WonderCon, Portland Con, you know, just all over. It's like a legitimate... A panel that was really exciting if you're a Robotech fan because you got to see all the new merchandise that's coming out. Plus, they announced um, the, the upcoming film that's in the works. From live action. Live action picture. adaptation of the, the first part of the Robotech saga, the Macross saga, which is the most popular. And you can check out Robotech Remastered like on Amazon, <laughs> Netflix, and Crackle for free. Try Gauchi, if you're listening, I know you're a big fan of Robotech and I hope you're looking forward to it. Dude, I am looking so forward to this. The screenwriter is the co-screenwriter of Wonder Woman. I forget nice. his name. Uh, I should have that prepared, but uh, apologies. He's writing this script right now while the director, Andy Muschietti, who uh, he did the film Mama with Guillermo del Toro and It Chapters 1, and he's currently filming It Chapter 2. Can't fucking wait. Can't wait for that thing because it was wait. so good. <laughs> he it, His next project is supposed to be Robotech. For Sony, there were photos nice. of of he and the screenwriter at the Harmony Gold Studios, um, discussing what the idea is like. I guess working out the the finances Kinks. on this thing or whatever. Whatever. So it's like it's it's legitimate. Like it's announced. Sony is is doing this thing. So for guys like me who've been a Robotech fan for over thirty years, uh, this is like really exciting news for me. I really don't want them to screw this up, and I think these well, guys know. The and as I well. mentioned, I, I'm not overly invested in Robotech, but old enough to where I, I know what Robotech is, and fucking looks badass and cool. I just, I think as I put it earlier, I, I haven't sat down and watched it from the pilot to the series finale. But I'm excited you, for once it, you so see I can't the live imagine action. how excited you are for it. Once you see the live action, <laughs> I think you might want to go back and check out the anime. I mean, the anime has, it being that it's 80, what, 89, 86, I think 86 episodes, uh, three sagas, three different generations. Um, each episode's like 22 minutes. Nice. So it's, and it's 80s anime, so there is a lot of like melodrama and it's a bit of a soap opera but it's a space soap opera 
with uh, aliens and humans and advanced mech technology. Like, you just can't go wrong. Can't like go the wrong, third yeah. one is the post-apocalyptic storyline where the Earth has already been taken over and it's about a resistance group and it's Do just need cool. Do to, to say spoiler alert here? I don't want to <laughs> piss off any nerds. Well, if you've seen Robotech, then you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> and if you haven't, probably a uh, spoiler. But the, but if I if we drop a spoiler, that means you're committing to checking this out. <laughs> so I'm just throwing that out there. Nice. It's worth seeing. So that was a highlight, too, because uh, their panel, I've been to their panel a few times uh, when they come to Salt Lake. They um, do a Q&A after the presentation. And if you ask a question, normally at these things you can just raise your hand and somebody will bring you a mic right. or you just go up to the mic. They give you an incentive. They bring merchandise. And they're like, you ask a question, ask a you question, can get some of this. Get a treat. <laughs> so last year, I asked a question, which I can't remember what it was, and I got a uh, three-disc uh, CD soundtrack for the 30th anniversary of Robotech, or from Fuck, the yeah, 30th nice. anniversary. And I was like, sweet, I got music from this show now. Like, awesome. So this year, uh, my first question, I got up three times, too. <laughs> but over two different panels, but... And it wasn't just for the merch. I would have asked these questions anyways. The first question was, when is that shit coming out on vinyl? <laughs> Which they, they're they thinking about possibly maybe doing something like that, but it's not really in the works. I ended up getting a... Uh, I think I've told you about this before, the reaction figures. Yeah. Funko that makes the pop vinyl. Right. They make those chunky 80s style three and three quarter inch action figures. You know, for like the Goonies, yeah. Karate Kid... Uh, now they have it figures, Stranger Things, Twin Peaks, but they have Robotech. The Pennywise too. it figure they have is pretty creepy. It's very cool, man. Yeah. There's it's four cool sets, four sets of three figures. Cr- creepy. Yeah, I've only seen one. Pennywise is in all four different versions of them. What? But it comes with all six of the kids, and the one of them he's got the crab arms when he's trying to stab. Yeah, no, Dude. it's badass. Can't wait for chapter two. Yeah. Anyways, I digress. I'm, I think I'm gonna. <laughs> I, I don't have a fear of giant spiders, so I'm kind of like worried about if I'm gonna get really spooked out. I'm seeing, hoping they play off that a little. Yeah, bit. that's gonna suck for me, but I'll still go. And, and the see cast it. they built for chapter two is fucking. They got Bill Hader in there. James McAvoy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Who's uh, playing Beverly again? Uh, Jessica Chastain. Thank you. Which is a really good piece of casting visually. Yeah. So that's perfect. Well, all the, all of these actors are very. I don't want. I don't even know the word I'm looking for. Scotch whiskey, etc. <laughs> um, but they looked like their counterparts that were in Chapter One. Bill like Hader. they fit. I love that oh, guy. Oh yes, fuck yes. Is it Heater? No, Bill Hader. Um, I knew who you meant. From Barry, Hot <laughs> yeah. Rod. Saturday Night Live. I love that guy. He's one. He's so good in the Skeleton Twins. So I'm very excited. It. Very excited. Again, um, take, I'm distracting us. Taking us no, off no. course. Um, Comic Con. <laughs> so they have reaction figures for some of the mechs from Robotech. Normally like $15 to $20 at your retailer. It was free for asking that question. They brought six of them. They brought three. They brought some t-shirts, uh, but they only brought like large, medium, and small. No, it was like large and small. I'll like, take a medium, just, thank you. I, if this was still 2001, I could wear the medium. If this was 2010, the large would have been fine. Well, I'm getting to that age, so I need just a little bit more room to grow. 
they didn't have it. The shirts were kind of tacky anyways, but um, there are better shirts on their website to buy. But um, I asked a couple more questions because they also brought in three and three quarter inch action figures from Toy Nami. Nice. So I ended up getting two of those. Those things are 20 to 25 bucks at retailers because it's a specialty item, yeah. right? It's not like Transformers, Marvel, DC, G.I. Joe, Star Wars. It's, it, they've never gone away. These are like rare. I mean, they don't, not a huge demand for them. But that was probably one of the highlights. I think that and meeting David Tennant was the highlight of day one. Um, Ooh, should we uh, stop at day one, refill our beverages? Because yes. I know my Coors Banquet sure. close to empty. That my scotch good. is low, yours looks dry. We could do that. I will Take tell a, you this. This yes, is how please. I ended the day. After that panel, I went to the artist alley. And there's an artist there, and I'm trying to think of his name. He goes by... You know what? I, I will... Uh, Look this information up when we take a break, just so I can throw it out there, because I really think you should check out his artwork. I bought several prints from him. He's a local nice. artist. And yeah. I bought over the last few cons. I picked up um, Furiosa from Mad Max Fury Road, a couple of Doctor Who prints, Tardis and a Weeping Angel, um, John Carpenter's The Thing, an Ash from Evil Love Dead it. Two. Love it. Uh, Tim Curry's Pennywise. Uh, a they it. Live print. Like it. Uh, a shining. He did a beautiful print of Danny Torrance on the uh, big wheel carpet yep. in the hotel. Going down the hallway. And he's looking at you from behind as he's looking over his shoulder. And just uh, as soon as yeah. I saw that, I like, have to see this. I have print. to buy this. Please. They're, they're about yay big. Uh, okay. Like that street Referencing dogs. Street Dogs print yeah. that I got from Newberry Comics in Boston, Massachusetts nice. in 2003. Wow. It's an AP, though. It's not. It's not numbered, but hey, Still. I love it. I don't give a fuck. So they're they're a good size. I mean, they're normally, for, I think for those size, they're like you know two for twenty. He does. He's got even bigger That's prints that are more like fifty dollars or whatnot. But I bought a print of Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman. And she's yeah. got the the wristbands up. You know? Who is absolutely the saving grace of the DC universe? But on that note, I have to agree. Let's take a break, and we'll be right back. Sounds good. Yes. Two kind of started on a on a sour note. I did get I had to work that morning, so I was a little bit late. Oh shit! Day one always starts <laughs> later in the day, goes the latest. Um, day two starts early. Day three is the earliest day. So Friday, Saturday, or Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. So I didn't get it. I didn't get there until like eleven, which was only a couple of hours after VIPs and gold members got into the vendor booths. It's not too, it's bad. Not too big of a deal, yeah. but. Um, Day two was kind of fun. I hung out with my friend Stanley. Uh, we went to the second part of the Robotech panel that that morning. And then uh, that was literally the first thing we did. We got in there, went and had a cigarette. <laughs> I went, and you, sometimes I have to go and have a cigarette as soon as I walk through because <laughs> it gets so crowded and it's so warm. And it's kind of like being in an armpit. Just when you've got that many people, you know. It can be overwhelming. It can be overwhelming. So I went out back and I had a cigarette. As I was turning around to, to walk back inside, I had my headphones in because I was by myself at this point. I hadn't met up with Stanley. Uh, there was a golf cart coming 
and they shuttle celebrities through on these golf carts right. from their to their from their photos or signatures to their spotlights or the panels or whatnot. So um, and it's out back and uh, I stopped and I let this one cart go through and I started to take another walk and I caught the other. I guess there was another cart right there. I saw it on my periffs and I stopped and somebody was yelling at me. So I take my earpiece out and this guy, sunglasses on and a ball cap's like, get out of the goddamn road. <laughs> and I just kind of like cracked a smile and just like shrugged, you know? And he's like, I'm just kidding, man. Go right ahead. Take your time. Who was it? Freddie Prince Jr. <laughs> so I just, I looked at him and I was like, I pointed and I'm like Kane and he just gave me a, like a thumbs up and I walked back inside. I was like, sweet, I just got chewed out by Kane. That's cool. Uh, so I met up with um, Stanley and then uh, we went to the Robotech panel. Well, actually, the day before, during the first Robotech panel, right before I walked in, another card stopped in front of me because there was traffic. So they were trying to clear Golf the people out of the way. More. Golf carts all over the place. They were trying to get everybody to spread out like Moses, right? Like part that yep. thing. So they could take this celebrity to his spotlight. It was Lou Ferrigno. Incredible Hulk. <laughs> yeah. So the original. Incredible the original Hulk. Incredible Hulk. And he's kind of sitting there looking with his arms folded, looking straight ahead, but down at the ground. And he had this really serious look on his face, like he's deep in thought. And uh, <laughs> I, instinctually, I just waved before I walked into the, grabbed the door and walked into the panel. I just gave him a wave. And he, he must have caught that because he looks up at me. And he just kind of stares for just a moment, so I waved again. And that's when his demeanor totally changed. He got this big smile on his face. He waved and gave me a thumbs up. And I was like, sweet. You wouldn't like him when he's angry. No. So that's good. Yeah, exactly. I was like, you can't be angry. Not here. Come on, snap out of it. Um, that actually happens quite a bit. I've ran into Dean Kane twice that way. Nice. Uh, one of the actors from The Walking Dead. Um, I'm trying to think of the act actor's name. She was in... Uh, Dexter and Defiance. I uh, never really watched Dexter, but uh, I did like Dexter's Defiance. sister? Was it the actress that plays his sister? I think it was. Her name escapes me as well. Yeah. and uh, Disappointing series finale for Dexter. Really? I felt. But you're not familiar with it? Yeah. So I, to tread that but you probably didn't watch Defiance on the sci-fi no, channel, right? No, didn't. So that's where she went after Dexter. It was a pretty cool sci-fi series. Wait a minute. Defiance... Seasons. Tied in with the, the video, video game. game. Yeah. yeah. Which no, I, I think did you watch can... the first few episodes. Okay. I never I th played the game. I ha you know, I bought the game before the movie, the show came out. Never played it. I think, <laughs> and I think now they've finally taken it offline. Well, when it was online and the series was on TV, they coincide. Mm -hmm. So events that happened in the series, we a really groovy idea. Yeah, yeah. Think about it. Very cool. Kind of sad it didn't pan out. They would even take your, your character... Uh, randomly they could take characters from the game and put Throw them in the an background episode, yeah. in an episode. So that's that's really cool. Really groovy idea. Yeah. Hopefully we can make that work in the future. But the show lasted three seasons and uh, so I watched it. It was it was a lot of fun. I was kind of bummed when it ended because it was really getting good. But she was walking right in front of me and this was and this was a few years ago too while the show was still on the air and uh, just saw a vendor booth she was on the vendor floor just saw a vendor booth and something caught her eye and she just stopped and i like almost ran into her like i stopped myself she's right in front of me and i'm like oh and she's like oh i'm sorry i'm like and then i recognized her i'm like 
Yeah, not a problem. <laughs> uh, Neil Adams, legendary comic book artist for Marvel and DC. I bought a couple of prints off him one year and had him sign it. The next year, he was there again, and I was talking to some friends, and I was like, do you know who that is? That's, that's Neil Adams. That guy is a legend. He's a legend in the industry. I guess he heard me because <laughs> he got up and he walks around, and he walks right up to me, and he's like, uh, excuse me, you know, to make way. Let him go through, and he goes, hey, even a legend has to use the bathroom. <laughs> I'm like, awesome. Awesome. I've, I've, it's really interesting. Like, I don't know if you ever watched uh, Star Trek uh, or Star Stargate uh, SG-1. Yeah. But Tilk. Here and there. I didn't follow it from beginning to end. Yeah. But I love the initial motion picture Stargate. Oh, yeah. So the when the show was there. on... Plus MacGyver, fuck off. Yeah, yeah. Come on, yeah. I'm going to watch it. I have it because I'm a nerd. I've got the entire 10-season uh, run on DVD because nice. I like the show. But I haven't seen it all. That's why I ended up, like, a good deal, so I got the series so I could get started. So I was, like, right in the middle of this thing when uh, the actor who plays Tilk, my favorite character on the show, was at one of these cons. And I'm sorry I'm, like, really bad with names tonight. Normally, you know I'm, I'm really good about naming it's all, all right. these things. It's a Thursday. It's been a long week. It's been week. a long, long week. week. I'm going on very little Tomorrow's sleep Tomorrow's the first day of fall. Yes. The pagan in me probably doesn't want to sleep tonight. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> Same it, here. You know, we got <laughs> October's coming up. Scary movie Scary month. Scary movie month. My favorite time of the year. It's a great time of the year. It's the best it's time. It's the best holiday of the year. But I do love again, Christmas, but Halloween off, is my favorite. But, uh, so he was there and I was actually going to go and see how much for a signature, but he was walking away and I was like, oh man, uh, did I miss you? Are you done? And he's like, he and his assistant are like, oh, we're just going to go get some food. We'll be, we'll be right back. I was like, cool. And I'm like, Hey, I, you know, I don't mean to take up your time, but I just yeah. want to shake your hand. I'm new to SG one. I've got all the seasons and I'm just like halfway through. You're my favorite character on the show. Like I love it. He's really nice. Uh, and you know, thanked me and said he hoped to see me. I felt really bad though, because I ended up, there was another actor. I was like, Oh, I got to get this signature and a photo with this person. So it's like, never went uh, back. Yeah, I can't. <laughs> yeah. I think I exceeded my limit by a hundred and a couple hundred bucks, but <laughs> Which is easy to do. Easy to do. I've yeah. spent, at, at I think the second or third con, I spent like $1,000. Like, it just happens. I mean, that, that includes parking. What? That includes beer and food. But, like, yeah, no. That was the year that I got, like, <laughs> six or seven photos and signatures and bought a bunch of prints and comics and CDs. And it's just, whatever. I'll figure it out later. Yeah. You know. Like, That's my bills were covered, I mean, but... It's my Disneyland. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It's my Disneyland Fuck vacation. Yeah. Um, although one of these years I am going to put it aside so that I can get myself over to England. So, Have uh, you been across the pond before? No. I've been across the pond to the UK three times, every time to Scotland. Uh, one so you haven't year, been to first England? Trip, first trip took the train from uh, Princess Street stations in Edinburgh, Scotland. Down to King's Cross Station. Go Aberdeen. Really? Yeah. King's Cross, huh? Celtic FC. <laughs> I, I have to... Uh, Terrible accents. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just doing ground, groundskeeper Willie. Go Aberdeen! Who's a uh, Scot? Very yeah. fitting. Love it. <laughs> I, I have a fascination with England. I'm not so much... Uh, I'm an Anglophile in as much that I love uh, British culture. You know, but 
I don't really care for um, the class system, and I don't care about the monarchy. So things like the Fair Queen enough. and you know, uh, Downton Abbey, upstairs, downstairs. I don't really, <laughs> I'm not really into that oh, come aspect. On. I'm sure Abby Hogan likes Downtown Abbey. I know you. I'm sure it's good. I've heard <laughs> lots of good things. It's just one of those things where, yes, yes, I know you're very classist over there. We have our own problems over here, and my thing is to escape from that stuff when I watch. Oh shit! You know? It's escapism to its fullest with pop culture, whether you like the term or not. You know? Yeah. Except maybe but, films. It, well. Because films, you can films get into a good me. realistic drama, and you know that's based in reality and. Like the Dark Knight. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely like the Dark Knight. That's the most realistic film I've ever... No, you know, like my, my weird art house films and indie films and things right. like that. But as far as a television series goes, I usually like to uh, get taken away from reality, with the exception of Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul. Nice. And I'm going to start Peaky Blinders, too, because I've heard nothing about I need to things. start Peaky Blinders. I think I watched the first two episodes, but was a... A little intoxicated. You probably just start from, <laughs> start the, from beginning. the beginning. Yeah, but uh, I had to do that with with Boardwalk Empire. I did, did not remember the first four episodes. Boardwalk Empire was it wasn't the Sopranos for me, which I'm a huge fanboy of, uh, but it extremely well done. Okay, I never Steve actually Buscemi. got through the Sopranos. Uh, I saw a little bit of the Sopranos, uh, but Boardwalk it. Empire. That sucked me in because it's a period piece. Yeah. Like, same thing with Deadwood. Like, I, I can watch a good drama that's a period piece. Nice. In that sense. But it's, I mean, they, that and Deadwood, Boardwalk Empire and Deadwood still have, like, guns and bad language and, like, violence. Yeah. So it's... A little TNA. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it goes with the territory. Sorry, Mom. Plus Steve Buscemi, of course. So it's it's one of those things where I'm very picky about anything that isn't a comedy or a sci-fi, fantasy, supernatural, something or other. I would recommend you revisit The Sopranos, especially as a fan of Steve Buscemi, who makes an appearance in a season and directs oh. at least one, if not two, episodes. Really? I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah. Okay. He plays Tony Soprano's cousin, Tony. <laughs> okay. Yeah. That's cool. And his final appearance in that, I'm not going to give spoilers away because I hope people will watch that and appreciate right. it. But his final appearance is, is uh, it's cool, man. Okay. In uh, that series. Yeah. Sorry. Maybe I should. Um, so day two, Comic-Con. But day two. Sorry. Um, no, no. It's just <laughs> uh, after we saw the Robotech panel, we went to the Jeff Goldblum spotlight in the Grand oh, Ballroom. Yes. Uh, now, Jeff Goldblum was there? Yeah, he was there. He was. That's right. Uh, for the first two days. Nice. And the thing is, is uh, normally as a VIP, I can get very close to, you know, uh, get in uh, with the first wave of people and get as close to the stage as possible. Nice. But I was a gold member this time, so I was kind of a little bit further away. I had to pretty much watch it on the monitors, which is what my photographs are of uh, him talking <laughs> so they don't look good because it's off this screen. But Jeff Goldblum is is a badass in person. I mean, he's just exactly what you expect him to be. He's just funny. He's got lots of great stories. He's got the the odd manner which he speaks and tells his stories and <laughs> stutters and not stutters but does the uh, uh, yeah you know the Jeff Goldblum the Jeff thing. Goldblum thing, <laughs> um, which was cool. People talked to him about uh, mostly. Obviously, it was going to be Jurassic Park, Jurassic uh, Lost World, Jurassic Park, Jurassic Fart Five. Um, and, of course, Guardians of the Galaxy. As a Grandmaster. Um, 
a few people talked about the thing or asked him about the thing during the Q&A. And, the thing uh, or the fly? The fly. My bad. No, the David Cronenberg movie, The Fly. Yeah. Uh, nobody really talked to him about like much else. So there was really the, oh, Independence Day. People did talk to him about Independence Day. I always um, think of Will Smith from Independence Day. Yeah, I always Earth, yeah. welcome to Earth. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like nobody. I think somebody mentioned or he mentioned Death Wish, which was one of his first films, the original Charles Bronson with or, Chuck Bronson. Yeah, he's what? one of the he's Jeff one of Goldberg, the was it? He's one of the ah. gangbangers that like rapes and kills Charles Bronson's wife and daughter that causes him to go on the, the vigilante killing spree what in the, the first fuck? place. Are you serious? Yeah. He's I even in the trailer for it. Even if you watch... Visit Death just Wish. watch the trailer. No, nope, I'm going to rewatch the entire okay. picture. Absolutely. Dude, nobody <laughs> mentioned Buckaroo Banzai, The Adventures of Buckaroo Banzai Across the Eighth Dimension, which is one of my favorite films. I've seen it once or twice, but not so ages. good. I have the Scream Factory Blu-ray. I bought that in 2016 and then this year they came out with a Steelbook edition and I'm like, fuck you, Shop Factory, Scream Factory. <laughs> I gave you my 25 bucks. I'm not rebuying this shit. Um, you gotta draw a line somewhere. The content is exactly the same, but it's a beautiful Steelbook edition and that nice. pisses me off because if I had known, I would have just fucking waited. But no. <laughs> it's how they keep making their money. But they, they, nobody mentioned Earth Girls Are Easy. Transylvania 65,000. Vibe. I'm not familiar with Vibe. Tall guy. (laughs) Like, (laughs) I love Jeff Goldblum. He is one of my favorite actors. So, he's a phenomenal actor. Great. Somebody mentioned, brought up Grand Budapest Hotel. Nice. And Isle of Dogs. Um, Nice. No, wait, no. He's, yeah, he is in Isle of Dogs. Dogs. Yeah. Uh, And And John Cusack's in that as well. Right? No. um, Edward Norton. Edward Norton and Brian Cranston, Two Scarlett very Johansson, different individuals. Bill Murray, Bob Balaban, F. Murray Abraham. Isle of Dogs was a good movie. It was, it was a really good. It wasn't the Fantastic Mr. Fox good, but it was good. <laughs> if you've seen Wes and Anderson's, the Fantastic Mr. Fox is yeah. good, so that's a compliment. Yeah. yeah, Fantastic Mr. Fox is great. So his spotlight was a lot of fun. He bought a brand new outfit. He was talking about his brand new shoes. He had these Beetle boots on that were really cool. <laughs> Because over the last few years, or maybe it's been the last couple of decades, uh, Jeff Goldblum has kind of become a sort of fashionista. Yeah. Um, like, he's really fashionable. He's like, he's he's actually like an elderly hipster. He really is. I mean, he's wearing skinny, he's wearing skinny jeans. They weren't leather, but they were um, silk. He's like, oh, I've never worn silk pants before. Oh, this is a treat. And he bought a brand new leather so jacket, a brand new hat, and, you know, he had the scarf on, and it's like, yeah. Because I, I remember Jeff Goldblum with the mullet. You know what I mean? He Jurassic had the mullet Park for a long time. With the shirt off, yeah. injured legs, sprawled <laughs> yeah. out like a GQ model. Yep. Which, that has become such a huge meme. On the internet, oh, lately. it's fucking gigantic. It's it's weird too because it's like <laughs> twenty some odd years ago, but yeah. twenty five years ago. But that's great. He's aged well. He's fantastic, uh, and that was a that was a highlight just to be in the presence of of the great Jeff Goldblum. Nice. And that wasn't a panel. That would be a spotlight. That'd be a spotlight because nice. the spotlight. So a panel usually just to differentiate the panels are usually in the smaller rooms, right? And it's they're more intimate, and it's more or less. Most of them will do a Q&A session, and sometimes the sort of B-list actors 
or even C-list actors will go into those smaller rooms. I probably because they have to make room for the big A-listers in the grand ballroom. Right. Uh, like John Wesley Shipp, who played the Flash in the 1990 TV series, which was a great series. Loved that series. Yeah. Hasn't aged well, but there are choice episodes in that one. Well, and at the time, though. Oh, at the time it, it was, was phenomenal. Yeah. Costume, cinematography, acting. Yeah. For a TV show, mm-hmm. it was great. It I always thought well it was done. in the same continuity as Tim Burton's Batman movies because yeah. Danny Elfman did the theme song and Bob Ringwood designed the costume, which he was the designer of the Batman costume for the Batman. Tim Burton Batman. For Tim Burton's Batman and Batman, and Batman Returns. Returns. And which he also, Bob Ringwood, movie. yes it is. <laughs> we will have to do a Christmas episode about mm-hmm. non-Christmas Christmas movies. I... I, I have a sneaking suspicion we might have a Halloween episode and a Christmas episode, but we'll see. We could, I, I'm game <laughs> for both. Um, so John Wesley Shipp is also currently, uh, the he, in the first couple of seasons of the new Flash series, he was uh, Barry Allen's dad. Right. And then he was also uh, like the Earth 2 Flash, Jay Garrick, uh, who even popped up this season. So, uh, and, and, you know, he'd had that famous tr- couple of trickster episodes where Mark Hamill would play the trickster in the original yeah. series, and then he played the trickster again in the new series, although a different version of the trickster, but they had scenes together again, and that was cool. So he was there, and I actually, he was one of the main people I wanted to meet. Unfortunately, I missed his spotlight, uh, or his panel, because it was in the smaller room, uh, because I was getting a signature from David Tennant on day two. Uh, nice. And, and that took a while. So, unfortunately, I missed that. And, and I'm saying nice to the signature. Right, not to, not to missing him. Because I really, I'm an, I'm an enthusiast of the original Flash series, so I wanted to go and hear what he has to say. I like John Wesley Shipp, and I love him on the new se- on the new show, and I hope we haven't seen the last of him, although they kind of hinted, spoiler alert, he's probably done. <laughs> so, if you've watched it, you know what I'm talking about. But he... um. Uh, and I, I ended up missing uh, the opportunity to get a signature. He wasn't charging very much for signatures. Not like, I mean, Jeff Goldblum was like 150 for a signature. David Tennant was 100. Just horn themselves up. David Tennant was 100 for a signature or 130 to have it personalized. And I'm like, well, that $30 is pretty much three days of parking and two smoke, two packs of smokes. <laughs> now, I'll get him next time. But uh, So I just had him sign his name uh, on this really cool picture of the 10th Doctor. I've met several of the doctors, all because of these cons. I've met 5th, 6th, 7th, 8th, 10th, and 11th doctors. Nice. I've met uh, the companions, uh, Billy Piper, um, Jack Barrowman, Eve Miles, both of Torchwood, and John, or John Barrowman, who's Malcolm Merlin on the Arrow, but he was uh, Captain Jack on Doctor Who and Torchwood. I've met um, Catherine Tate, who played Donna. I've met uh, Karen Gillan and Arthur Darville, who played uh, um, uh, Amy Pond and Rory Williams. And you know Karen Gillan from Guardians of the Galaxy oh, yeah, movies. Absolutely. And uh, um, NTSF, SDSUV on Adult Swim. And then you know Arthur Darville from Broadchurch or Legends of Tomorrow, uh, nice. if you've seen them. But And then I've met uh, Alex Kingston, who used to be on ER. She's also been on Arrow. She plays Dr. River Song on Doctor Who. She threw her leg around me which is in the photo op, which was really hot because she's gorgeous and she has the 
best head of hair ever. It's just big and curly, and I love it. And she was married to Ray Fiennes. She used to work with George Clooney. Like, she's awesome. Yeah, hell yeah. Uh, and then I've met uh, Jenna Coleman, who is uh, Clara, one of the more recent companions. So I've met right. I've met a lot of people from Doctor Who because of these cons. So, of course, uh, this is my main thing because I'm a doctor. I'm a Whovian first and foremost, right? <laughs> I am a diehard Doctor Who fan, and I have been since well before the new series came out. Like a decade and a half. I can vouch for that because I've known you for for quite a while. Yeah, I think twenty, yeah, fifteen mm. ish years. Yeah, roughly. Yeah, but uh, you've always been a Doctor Who fan. You've always been a collector. You've always blown my mind with your <laughs> pop culture knowledge, and uh, so yeah, general geekdom. Uh, so I wanted to see John Wesley's ship, and I, I'm I'm very bummed that I'm didn't get the opportunity this time i hope we can get him back here i hope he had a good time and they treated him well so he'll want to come back here yeah absolutely. because uh, unfortunately with our con is as much fun as i have they the emphasis really isn't on comic books even though it was called salt lake comic con and now it's the fanex salt lake comic convention the comic con thing is a way to just kind of sell it to get people to think of san diego and new york well and it worked it did it yeah. does but it still works, right? The emphasis is more on they have more local, they have more authors and more local authors because now with self publishing online, a lot of these local authors that do young adult fiction and science fiction and supernatural stuff, they're they're selling well, they're making a career out of it. So we get a lot of local. It's like celebrities are the biggest roster, and then it's going to be the biggest draw. Then authors are about the same, or maybe even a few more. Then artists, but it's not... There are comic book artists. We've had big people from Marvel and DC and Dark Horse and independent companies. Uh, but more so, that that is like the least um, promoted aspect of it. And some of the big comic guys, like Neil Adams I mentioned before, he won't be coming back. He, Why? He, Why? What happened? They. I don't think they get the <laughs> same treatment. As the big celebrities. Probably not. Probably not. And it's like, yes, some of these authors are selling well, but this is Neil fucking Adams. This guy has been doing this shit since the 60s professionally. I mean, he has done so much for the industry. And characters that you might not even be, fam that you're familiar with, you had no idea that he's instrumental in changing them this way or introducing them. And you know what I mean? And, yeah. Um, so that kind of bothers me. I mean, we've had... Um, uh, Marv Wolfman, who is a, a long-running writer for both Marvel and DC, has been in the industry again since the I think the late '60s. Uh, did the long run on the Teen Titans with George Perez. Uh, he wrote the uh, Judas Contract storyline, um, which involves Slade Wilson, Deathstroke, the Terminators. Deathstroke, one of the most influential yeah. story. It's it's basically one of the big story arcs from the animated series that they used from that. He also wrote the original Crisis on Infinite Earths uh, storyline back in 85 for DC. My head. But that's where DC first rebooted their universe. That's like the, the first time there was a huge event in the comic books where all the titles were tied into this thing. And then they relaunched. Everything. Basically in 85, DC didn't have a, a major continuity. They had a shared universe, but they didn't have a major continuity. And they had all these different Earths, and this was their way of like, okay, we're going to kill off a lot of this crap. Yeah. We're going to streamline it. We're going to start Bring over. everything together and go from yeah. there. Yeah. 
And they've recently <laughs> done that with the Flashpoint Paradox and then the new 52 and then the new Rebirth, Rebirth aspect. Another, They did another Crisis. Um, but at the time, this had never been done in the industry. So it's kind of a game changer because right after that, Marvel did their Secret Wars, which was, <laughs> and just started these uh, companies like IDW and Marvel and DC and to just do these company-wide huge story arc crossovers, right? Yeah. And so, like, he's, he's a legend. And uh, I got to meet him, um, the, la- the con before last, and then before that, Bernie Wrightson, the uh, artist who created Swamp Thing. Yeah. Along with uh, writer Lynn Wein. Did he work with Alan Moore on his Swamp Thing? Was he the artist for He's Alan the one Moore's who got Swamp Alan Thing? Moore to come work for DC. Okay. Because he was leaving Swamp Thing. And he asked, uh, he, he contacted, Alan Moore tells it best. He didn't think it was really, you know, uh, actually it, was, it wasn't Bernie. Who, oh, yeah, was it Bernie? Or was it Lynn? I think it was Bernie that did contact him. And he's like, no, the... Hung up on him, thought it was a friend, <laughs> thought it was a friend, in his own words, thought it was a friend pranking him in a really dodgy American accent. Like, he didn't even believe it was his legit accent. Alan Moore didn't believe it. <laughs> right. Yeah. I so, think I've heard this story, yeah. actually, yeah. So Alan Moore basically was handpicked, or invited, to come over and take over uh, and do it his way. So um, after Lynn Wayne and Bernie Wrights had been working on Swamp Thing for so long, uh, which Alan Moore was a fan of. It's, it's just cool how that worked out. And I got to meet that artist, like that nice. legend. Yeah. Unfortunately, he passed away last year. But, um, I mean, it's happening. It's We're at that age, man. We All are the at that are age. Going. And there's yeah more and more of these pop culture icons and contributors and creators yeah. slipping by the wayside and I'm going to be sad when I mean, Stanley goes and that's goes. everything not just comic books movies TV but I mean music yeah. Yeah. writers you know novelists it goes on and on dude but Stan Lee can't I mean he's lived a long life but Stanley's getting old he's getting old and he is his wife old. passed away and yep whether you like Stan Lee or not uh, whether whether fuck you if you don't like Stan <laughs> whether Sorry, he's continue. taking advantage of artists and things like that it, it the point is, is he's like the elder statesman because he's one of those guys who've been working in that, that industry since the 30s who's yeah. still around. I mean, he's not really active in the industry, but he's, because of his longevity and his personality, he's become the face and voice. As a child, before I was reading the comics, I was watching the Saturday morning cartoons, the Amazing Spider-Man, Spider-Man and his amazing friends, oh, yeah. and the Incredible Hulk, and he would introduce every episode. You know, like, welcome, true believer, and then Excelsior. Excelsior. So he's instrumental in getting me excited about that medium, so I have nothing well, to love for him. Well, and love him or hate him, he played an extremely pivotal role in where comic books are today. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Without Stanley, yeah, sure, you could have Jack Kirby, etc., but it probably wouldn't be to the level it is without I don't think so. Stan the man. Because he's he's... You know, Jack Kirby and Steve Ditko, these guys were like introverts. Alan Moore's a bit of an introvert. Absolutely. And Stanley has and that charisma. Yeah. Yes, he is. He's a, <laughs> I think he's practicing Wiccan, isn't he? Um, yes, sir. Uh, Stan Something Lee had along that, those lines. <laughs> yeah. Stan Lee's really the first superstar in the sense of 
I mean, I think a lot of artists like Jack Kirby were superstars, but, uh, and Bill Finger and, and well, he was a writer, and Bill, Bob Kane, things like that. But I think Stan Lee was the first face yeah. of the comics. Well said. And, yeah, so I have nothing but love for him. And, and he's been to our con a couple of times. Unfortunately, he had to cancel last year for health problems. But um, Which he's been having a lot of yeah. lately. Yeah. It's, and a uh, lot of... Um, speculation of being mistreated or mishandled by yeah. his caretakers and fuck off. And somebody actually drama. tried to throw him into the um, Time's Up which I support but they tried to somebody tried to say that uh, you know he was he was uh, sexual like a sexual predator or uh, he would say things inappropriately and it was just it just none of it was true. Stanley's a perfect gentleman so yeah uh, so when they, tr- when, when I feel like our con kind of mistreats a lot of these, um, good artists and writers within the industry or doesn't take care of them as well as maybe they should. And we don't get them back. Like Dan Barr, the creator of the Crow comic yeah. books. He's been here. I, mean, I don't think he's ever coming back. Um, we've had a few, like George Perez was supposed to be here last year and canceled, unfortunately. And George Perez is to me, he's legendary. Like he is one of those names that when I first started reading comics, you would see constantly. Um, and, and what are some of his pieces of work? I'm I'm not over George Perez. Uh, when DC, after that first crisis, they relaunched their titles. He was the, the main artist for wonder woman for years. Okay. For like over a decade, teen Titans, with um, Marv Wolfman writing, George Perez illustrating. Uh, they were prolific. I think they lasted a lot longer on that title than they thought they would. Um, he's just a legendary artist in the industry. Nice. Uh, if, if, we, if, if that is the case and they are not getting treated properly and they're not coming back, then the chances of us getting bigger uh, and more legendary artists are going to be slim. Yeah, and, it's going to limit peop- those professionals' interest in participating. Yeah. I mean, we're never going to get Alan Moore. We're never going to get Frank Miller. Those guys... Watch your fucking mouth. <laughs> they go If they do cons, they're going to go to San Diego or New York because they can afford them. But yeah, I don't think... That's that, fair. But they don't really do cons very often, especially no. Alan Moore and Frank Miller now. Uh, 20 years ago, maybe. Um, well, I think the only Frank Miller appearance at a con I think I can remember, maybe it's fabricated my own imagination, is... San Diego Comic-Con when the first Sin City motion picture dropped. Yeah, he was there for that, and yeah. then he was there for the second one, A Dame to Kill For, the promotion for that. Yeah. And he was there, I think, <laughs> for the first 300, because it's based on his graphic oh, yeah. novel. So Which he was on the panel with Zack Snyder. Zack Snyder, uh, they were on the panel together. And then, oh, The Spirit, because he directed The, the Spirit. Uh, oh, shit, you right. Mott. Yeah. And so he was there promoting that. But that's, that's really, like, yeah, outside that's of... It. The old days when he was still an artist writer, uh, I mean, he still is, but I mean, before he'd reached superstar status, yeah. I'm sure he would go to these comic cons. Yeah. Uh, because if anything, they were selling their artwork and they were selling issues, things like that. Uh, but like, we'll probably never get Alex Ross, who is like, he's been around for almost 30 years, but he is considered to be the Norman Rockwell of the nice. comic books. Uh, he does like photorealistic paintings, and I love his work. Uh, although he's he's he asks way too much money for his prints. <laughs> uh, he he kind of thinks he's a, like a rock star in the industry, I suppose. Like that level of 
celebrity amongst comic book fans. Uh, I want to see Adam Hughes. Adam Hughes did my favorite run of um, Justice League comics from 1987 to 1990. And he created a character called Ghost for Dark Horse Comics. She's still around. Ghost. Ghost is a really cool character and if they ever made a film out of it I would I would be kind of interested I'm not overly familiar but it'd be a cool film nice. so I want more of these guys there and there weren't that many artists uh, that I'm familiar with that were there this year because there were some Marvel and DC cats but I haven't been keeping up so much with Marvel and DC as much as I have been getting comics from other titles like Dynamite Boom IDW Dark Horse However, I have been buying the um, new Plastic Man series from DC. It's a six-issue run. Nice. It's really cool. Um, funny. And then I've been picking up uh, anything Batman 66 that DC puts out. And right now it's Archie meets Batman 66. So I'm I've heard about that. this and I need to check it out. They're a lot of fun. They're just <laughs> like the old Batman 66 TV series, which well, that's, just like that's the, my first Batman. Well, and they did the... The two movies, but I think that the two was... Two animated movies, yeah. Yeah, Adam West. Yeah, you had uh, The Return of the Cape Crusader and Batman versus Two-Face, where yeah. William Shatner was Two-Face. Yeah. And that was Which Adam I've West's rec- last role. recently watched. It's good. It's phenomenal. It's, very it's fucking good. great. If you, if you love Batman 66, yeah. those two movies are the best way they could have continued that. I think so. From 66 to 2018. Conversely, I've also been picking up the, uh, and these are more scattershot. They only put out maybe an issue every year or every couple of years is the Wonder Woman 77 series based on the Linda Carter Wonder Woman television series. And they did a nice crossover Wonder Woman meets the Bionic Woman. That's very cool. Because they've been (laughs) doing that with Batman 66. Like Batman 66 had like a two and a half year run. And then they ended up just doing crossover limited series like Batman 66 meets the Green Hornet and Kato. Right. And that was written by Kevin Smith. It's really cool because it's the Bruce Lee Kato and the Van Williams yeah. Green Hornet from the 60s. This then is Kevin Smith who's responsible for Clerks. Clerks, Marats. But he's also yeah. a comic book writer now too. And he has been because yeah. uh, he used to do Daredevil back in the early 2000s. Well, he's a big podcast guy. Yeah. And yeah. No. Kevin Smith and luckily for us his very fucking scary heart attack that he went yeah. through turned out for the better. Yeah. He's lost weight. He's leading healthier. Yeah. Like he looks much better. Living Not that he looked terrible. At least eating a vegan diet last yeah. I heard. Yeah. Which, which is, is good. Which is good for him. I've been trying to go to mostly sushi diet because believe it or not, it's actually sushi good. the other night. Sushi's I fucking love best. sushi. But like uh, there was a Batman 66 meets Man from Uncle. There was Batman 66 meets uh, John Steed and Mrs. Peel, who were characters from a British television show called The Avengers. Yep. Now they had. Well, they, they did a motion picture with Uma Thurman and. Ray Fiennes. Ray Fiennes. Thank you. Way back in 20 years ago. And it was not a good movie. fucking years ago. It was, and it not was a, a terrible movie. movie. It, they took a shit on the television series. It, it they was tried. A, equal to the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen and shittiness. Well, <laughs> is, I, I actually am one of the few people that will defend the League. Uh, I, as a film, as an adaptation of the Alan Moore comic, it's total bullshit. It has almost <laughs> nothing to do with yeah. it. Once you separate it from that comic book and you just accept it for what it is, like just a Saturday afternoon, big budgeted, nice to look at action movie with a really dumb story and just get some popcorn, your favorite bag of weed, whatever, whatever's your poison. 
it's a, it's a lot of fun. I enjoy that movie because I, it's the only film where you've got all those literary characters together oh, as, yeah. as a Justice League kind it, of thing. Well, you know? and if you're not familiar with the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, maybe don't check out the movie right out the gate, but definitely yeah. check out the comic series. Yeah, I mean, the comics are obviously more adult. They're very darker. All the characters are m- more complex. It's a very complex storylines that they go through over the decades. But this show, it's a lot of fun. But it's the same thing with... Um, uh, well, what was the uh, the Avengers? I can still watch that movie, not the Marvel Avengers, but the right the, based on the British series the, because Thurman like Ray finds Avengers yeah. from twenty years ago. From twenty years ago, yeah. because I love the television series. I mean, I've got the complete series on DVD, like which is a, a British series. Yeah, yeah, it's a long running British series. It originally went from sixty to six seventy, nineteen sixty to nineteen seventy. Excuse me. Then they brought it back in the mid seventies um, for two seasons as the New Avengers, which I also have because I love this <laughs> shit. Annie back in the back in the early nineties, man. Annie used to show a lot of these British shows. Yeah. And Doctor Who got me into British television more so than the Young Ones and Monty Python, which I had and the comic strip presents, which I had seen many times, but years before because they were on MTV and that's cool. But I never watched PBS for the British comedies. And so Re- Doctor Who and Red Dwarf opened that whole world up for me. So nice. there was a period in the 90s where any network that was showing British programming, I was watching it and I was recording it, um, except for maybe upstairs, downstairs. But um, <laughs> again, the class stuff. Um, so yeah, uh, let me backtrack a little bit and think of where I was going with that. Well, so, maybe what we should do, because I keep taking this way off course, but there are three days at Comic-Con. Yeah, so the Covered second day. Covered day one, day two. Day two, we're just about done. I think I went to the panel spotlight. Uh, a couple of other things I bought that day. What did I pick up? Hmm. hmm. I don't know. It was not there, John. That's, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know what? That Sarah Jane action figure that I said I bought on day one, I bought on day two. I ran into a lot of people on day two. Day two, I ran into quite a few people where day one, I didn't really run. I was there pretty much by myself and just kind of doing my own thing. Nice. Didn't really run into anybody. But day two, I ran into like eight people and six of them were old coworkers. So that was kind of interesting. (laughs) Uh, People that I I liked working with that I think are cool. I mean, we we keep in contact through the social media, but like we don't get together very often in the flesh. So to see them there and to spend some time talking, that was a lot of fun. There was that kind of social aspect to it. Um, well, and there is a big social aspect to Comic-Con. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, so that's right. There are meetup groups there. Like, you can do sci-fi speed dating. <laughs> and and maybe I should try this thing out. <laughs> it's just, when I get in for free, and men have to pay like $25 for this thing. And I'm thinking, but that's... But if no they didn't guarantee. play it that way, I there probably won't be that many girls Probably. Out. Well, I don't know. This don't is know. Salt Lake, and there's a higher <laughs> population of females than, than males, women than men, because of all the big families. Yeah. So. Because for some god-awful reason, people think it's a good idea to have 13 <laughs> fucking kids. Stop. An old, a receptionist at my dentist's office, she's no longer there, but she met her husband 
the sci-fi speed dating. I think it's the second con, the first time they introduced her. So the they've second been time. married for five, four or five, four or five years? years. Nice. And uh, I was like, are "Congratulations! You, are you kidding me? For <laughs> reals? Like that actually happens? Okay. So, but but there's also the cosplay meetups if you're a cosplayer and you want to meet up with groups of people cosplay so you can this isn't like a furries meetup is it i don't think so but, but it could be, I, it could be <laughs> which is a little less creepy and a little bit more exciting i mean if you got girls you know guys and i don't know i'm yeah, not yeah, gonna we'll, say we'll stop there but we'll i think it's it more or less they meet up for work as possible yeah <laughs> i think what they do is they meet up and they go to the the uh cosplay contests and they do like group photos like um the second day as I'm walking through, weird too. There was a lot of attitude the second day from everybody. Everybody, everybody was just on edge that day. And people were trying to make room to let all of these um, Boba Fett cosplayers go through. They couldn't Boba see Fett. through. The, or not Boba this Fett. This reminds me. I actually Is had a Boba little Fett? bit of feedback from our last episode. <clears throat> Shout out to John from Fenrir Recovery, but... There was a request for more, more Boba Fett, more Darth Maul. Um, apparently, we don't mention villains and/or borderline villains enough. <laughs> well, I am going to point out we have talked about Kilgrave. We have. I will say Absolutely. that. So there's that. Yeah, there were all these cosplayers decked out as Boba Fett, but they couldn't see <laughs> out of their helmets very well. So, so people were just like. Back up, spread like non volunteers were just like telling me where to walk and stuff. And I'm like, you know what? Tell me one more thing I have to fucking do. <laughs> this beer is going in your face. Like, just leave me the fuck alone. I'm, I'm trying. I, I told her, I, I said, if you, in the time you stopped, it, the, the, the time it took for you to stop and waste our time asking me to stop, I could have already been through here, which was my goal. Yeah. Like, I was, just, uh, I was, I was on edge. But, the, yeah, a whole uh. group of these guys came walking by in variations of the costumes and everything, which some were impressive, some not so impressive, some were yeah. really cool, some were very original, but they couldn't see. And my friend Stanley's like, well, if they can't see, why do they have them fucking walking around, man? I'm like, I know, right? So, so let me ask you this regarding Boba Fett. In what is now Star Wars Legends, okay. it was originally canon. Right. Boba Fett fought his way out of the Sarlacc pit. That's what I've always thought. I you, I have a, as well. I real quick, we're gonna go on a real quick tangent, and I'm gonna keep this short. But I've always had a, I've had a mixed feelings about the Star Wars trilogy special edition that came out in '97. Yeah. I think what they did with Star Wars and with Empire. Well, with Empire, it's perfect. Star Wars, the only beef is Jabba the Hutt, the CG Jabba the Hutt. Right, talking about Star Wars, the New Hope, the New Hope special episode edition. four right. special edition. The scene with Jabba the Hutt is the only scene I would change. In that, I don't mind him being in there. Utilize that footage. Get rid of the Scottish actor, no offense, who originally played him, <laughs> to put in what we now know as well Jabba. But the fact that Han Solo walks on his tail, that just doesn't seem right. By the end of the movie, he's like afraid of. Boba Fett coming, or of Jabba, Jabba coming yeah. after him yeah. because he owes him money. I know he's a cocksure kind of guy, but that seemed a little. Why couldn't it have been a hologram? One of those rolling holograms they used in the prequels. Exactly. Yeah. So that's my only beef with that one. All right. Fair enough. 
Empire, no beef whatsoever. That's no. the only way I will they watch it. They did perfect Empire. with the 1997 special edition of Empire Strikes Back. I will not watch the theatrical print of that anymore because that uh, special edition version is it perfect. It. It's yeah. just perfect. Jedi, on the other hand, there are problems I have with that. One, first and foremost, is they did not show... Well, first and foremost is the musical number. And no Boba Fett. They should have, they should have <laughs> put the music in there from the original film and just... If you want to CGI Snice Noodles, fine. But just have her sing that the weird alien song. song. Yeah. Why does that have to be... Boba's in there, though. He's in Jabba's barge. because oh, yeah. uh, He's in Jabba's palace and, and on the barge. barge. Yeah. But they should have shown him blasted. With, they should have... I feel like Lucas, and I feel like he knows this, when <sighs> he dropped when the, the skiff explodes and, and you see... Um, our heroes go our one heroes, direction. Right. It, and it, Boba Fett should be coming out of the Sarlacc. Like it does the Star one. Wipe, and they're already in space, yeah. and you've got the Falcon and the X-Wing, and they go their separate ways, uh, so Luke can go back to Dagobah. I think that before that Star Wipe, they should have at least just shown the pit, maybe bubble up a little bit, the, the monster, nice, and then yeah. explode, and just maybe from the top of the sand pit, you just see either Boba's hand glove or him fly up. out with yeah. a busted up jetpack. Which would explain why he couldn't fucking chase our heroes into outer exactly. space or whatever. Just because how much cooler would that have been, right? Yeah, that would have been so yeah. cool. Everybody I, loves Boba Fett. Yeah, and Come I on. think he totally did not go out like a little bitch beaten by... Like by accident, right? Yeah, by a blonde, not a blonde. <laughs> a blind. That'd be interested, but a blind Han Solo. Boba Fett. Uh, <laughs> like that's terrible. So I think, um, as far as I'm concerned, the book may not be considered canon, but we all know that Boba Fett did not die in the Starlight Pit. Well said. We just know. Uh, it. I think we are running a little bit tight on time. Is there anything about day three in particular you want to mention? Day three was mainly the two. Uh, I saw three spotlights uh, that were a hell of a lot of fun. The first one was uh, Brandon Routh from Superman Returns, right. Dylan Dog, and Legends of Tomorrow, with Katie Lotz, who's also from Legends of Tomorrow. Who did a little bit of some breakdance. She did. Shit there, she was also yeah. on, she started off on Arrow and then went over to Legends. But she did, she, she showed her breakdancing skills and she's yeah. got some moves. Like, it right, took me back to jumpsuit. Yep. Took me back to the old days. I'm like, oh, she's going into a crab spin. Oh, no. Or it it was just a lot of fun. Um, But Brent Spiner from Data from Star Trek Next Gen, his spotlight, he's been doing these cons for 20 some odd years. He knows how to work the crowd. Absolutely. He was so entertaining. He imitated Patrick Stewart and had a conversation with him just off the cuff. That was almost dead on, you know. he was just a lot of fun the way he interacted with the audience. Like, he kept you laughing and smiling. And that's... that's Not that Brandon Routh and Katie Lotz weren't fun to watch. They they just... It's a different... They haven't been doing it as long. Yeah, well, they're they much got, younger. Yeah it's, yeah. it's different. I mean, they're good, but it's like... There was a little bit more serious where with Brent Spiner, it was just kind of... Which, just like Jeff Goldblum, it's like, we're going to have some fun and... We're going to make uh, your Q&As a lot of laughs. And I don't know. He was just very clever and very funny. Told a story about working with with Spot the Cat. Yep. And he was basically like the worst actor he's ever worked with. <laughs> uh, which is funny because a lot of people forget that, that he had a pet cat named Spot. A little orange cat. Um, which is almost what I called Carrot when I first got him. Nice. But I Carrot, your cat. My Rest cat. My, my, my late cat that I had for 16 years who was an orange kitty. 
didn't quite look like Spot, but it was when I got him, I thought, uh-uh. Oh. Then I, I was really into this anime called Sorcerer Hunters, and that's where I got Carrick Glaze's name nice. from. But um, after that, the last spotlight I saw, and they've done it before, it's called Twisted Tunes. We get a lot of voice actors, professional yeah. voice actors, and and other actors who do voice work. Well, and then Ruby's work. has an animation fest every year. Yeah. Which I'd imagine a lot of used to do at the Tower a long time ago. Yeah. But like, I mean, we've had Mark Hamill here, and Mark Hamill is is a voice actor. So we had a lot of voice actors this year, and when they, when a lot of times they'll get together and do these things called Twisted Tunes, where they sit at a huge table, and there's anywhere between 7 to 11 of them, and there's a moderator, and they will read from the script um, of a film, and they will play the characters... This year it was Disney's Beauty and the Beast. And they nice. played all the characters, Belle, Gaston, all those characters. But sometimes in other celebrity voices and sometimes in character voices character they're voices. famous for, like John like, DiMaggio was there. Nice. So he did a reading of Gaston as Bender. And then he <laughs> did another character as Jake the Dog from Adventure Time. Yes, fuck And then, yeah. then he did a couple of impressions. He did... Uh, a uh, Tracy Morgan and a Barry White, <laughs> and they were fantastic. Charlie Adler, the original voice of Starscream and uh, Cobra Commander, he was there. Nice from so Transformers, he, from the original G. Transformers yep. and the original GI Joe from the eighties, and he and he was the voice of Cow and Chicken on on that Cartoon Network show. Nice, and he still does a lot of voice work. So he did readings <laughs> as Starscream, as Cobra Commander, as Cow and Chicken, and that was a lot of fun. He also did a good Catherine Hepburn. <laughs> Lorraine Newman, one of the original not ready for primetime players on Saturday Night Live, was there. And she does for I guess the last decade or so, she's been doing voice work. Hell like yeah. she's you know, she's in the Coneheads movie and yeah. she's one of the original SNL players. Yeah, absolutely. So she was there, which was to me that's like iconic. Like, wow, somebody from the original cast of SNL I'm like thirty feet away from. Like that's incredible. <laughs> And she was doing voices. She did a really good Catherine Hepburn, too. We had um, the only non-voice actor who came out, and he just did a scene, was um, Manu Bennett from... Manu um, Bennett. He's Slade Wilson, Deathstroke on yeah. Arrow. Nice. And he's been on, like, Rome, or is it Spartacus? I can't can't remember. I mainly know Both him Both very good shows. I mainly know one him from One HBO, Arrow. one Showtime, but... Yeah. Yeah, those are good period pieces. So he came out, and he read a character as Slade Wilson... You know, and which was really cool. We had uh, I forget the actor's name, the voice actor, but he he does Obi Wan Kenobi on Star Wars: The Clone Wars and Star Wars Rebels. Nice, who sounds strikingly very similar to Owen McGregor. You, oh yeah, he, he came does out, an impressive job. Yeah, he did his Obi Wan as a character. <laughs> I think it was his Bell he did uh, as as, as Obi Wan from the Clone Wars. Uh, Vic Mignogna. From I I don't he's he's been in a lot of video games and he is he and Nolan North are probably two of the biggest voice actors. Nolan I know North, that name Nolan. Nolan North. North wasn't there this year. He was there last year. Uh, but Vic Mignogna, um, I I'm not too familiar with most of his anime. I think he's his biggest one is Full Metal Alchemist. He uh, also had that star that web live action web series Star Trek Continues, which yeah. is set in the T Star Trek the original series uh, continuity. Show's phenomenal. It looks like it's from the 60s. They film the same aspect ratio, same lighting, same costume, same music. They get other actors who've been uh, 
in shows like the new Battlestar Galactica, Doctor Who, like it's old Star Trek actors. Yeah, big it's a players for that yeah. sci-fi genre. Yeah. Yes, it's called Star Trek Continues. I'm a fan. I've met him several times. They've premiered Star Trek Continues episodes at Archon. And he was there doing voices. He did his full uh, Metal Alchemist voice. We had the voice actor who does Snake in Metal, Su- Metal Gear Solid games. Oh, yeah. He was there and he did Snake. So there was all these incredible... Jess Harnell, who's the voice of Yakko from Animaniacs, and he does a lot nice. of anime and other cartoons. He was there, too. This is like his fourth year there. So just seeing all these actors out there, right, voice actors, reading this Having script. Fun, from interacting with Interacting. Anything yeah. could happen. They try and keep it under an R rating, but they definitely go, it's a, it's a, it's a PG-14. gray area. <laughs> They're like, it's a PG-13, TV-14 kind of thing, but sometimes it got a little raunchy, and it's a two-hour spotlight. Damn. So I actually, between Legends of Tomorrow, Brent Spiner, and the Twisted Tunes, I didn't leave the spot, the ballroom for four hours. I even not I, even to piss. I did once to, to use the bathroom. <laughs> I wanted a cigarette. I wanted a shot, but I had to choose bathroom and shot or cigarette. You can't do both. Bathroom and so shot. Bathroom and shot. Absolutely. And uh, and I had a blended whiskey. I took like four or five different Kentucky bourbons, two Irish. Uh, and uh, one sour mash and one malt <laughs> and just mix. I'm like, fuck it, just a fuck little it. bit of each. It's con. See how it fi- <laughs> see how it happens, right? It's like con. Everything's kind of blended together. Nice. So, um, for pretty much four hours. And the thing is, is I actually wanted to see a couple of other spotlights, but I thought, you know, if I do that, I'm gonna be there for like seven hours. Yeah. Just sitting, which is fun. But after a while, I gotta I gotta stretch the old legs and walk around. <laughs> Um, there was a lot to look at this year. There were a lot of props that were brought in. There was a TARDIS from Doctor Who, a TARDIS console from Doctor Who, a fourth Doctor TARDIS console. There was the 66 Batmobile. There was the car from Supernatural. There were all the Weta digital, like, or Weta digital. Um, there statuettes of characters from The Hobbit and Lord of them from the Middle Earth yeah. saga. So there was, like, you know... The Gandalf and the Which are Gollum. extremely well done. They are. Yeah. And they, no, they, this these are legitimate from the Wea yeah. studio. They these are the same ones that travel to all the cons. So yep. it's like cool to know that this one, this Gollum that I've had photos next to like five years in a row is the same It's Gollum. the same Gollum that my friends that were at San Precious. Diego five years San Diego Comic Con five years ago were standing next to as well, you know. So it's a lot of fun. Yeah. I I for somebody like me who digs the collecting aspect, uh, the celebrity worship aspect. Although I'm not a celebrity worshiper, it's just sometimes just the opportunity to, to it's meet. Just these an appreciation. People. Yeah, yeah. I don't care what David Tennant has for breakfast. I don't care what he does in his personal time. I just like him as an actor and a performer. So that's, you know what I mean? Like, like there's that celebrity worship where people just think they can. Some shit people in, take it too far. Yeah, they're don't like, take it too far. You he could shit in a bucket far. and I would eat it. Like, no, that's. <laughs> I, I met Nathan Fillion once, and he is awesome. He was super friendly, good sense of humor, really tall, but he was sweating, and he I got sweat from my back from time. And, and, and I realized it's hot in those photo booths, and it's they're cubicles, and they, he's dealing with hundreds of people, and he's wearing a shirt with a button-up shirt, and it's already like 80 <laughs> degrees in there, and I get it, but... I'm not interested in that. Like, I don't love celebrities that much. Like, uh, when when my friend Rachel met uh, Carl Urban, like, he was kind of sick, and I think he... Uh, coughed on her. 
coughed <laughs> around her and she was like, yeah, a bit of a god on her. And she's like, I'm not washing this hand. And I'm like, I would be like, Purell, yeah, Purell. Instantly fucking antibacterial Because <laughs> I, I like celebrities. <laughs> I don't need that. But no, there's a lot of aspects. I'm not a cosplayer. Uh, my money goes towards other things. Then a lot of these cosplayers put a lot of money into their costumes. Oh, yeah. So they can't, they, they might not have the money to go and do... Plus, depending on your but costume. But they're there, as far as they're concerned. They're dressed to the yeah. nines. They're hanging out with all their friends who are in the same shit. And they look fucking cool and they're having a great yeah. time. Well, some of, these, some of these costumes you can't sit down in spotlights and panels anyways. No. But they're there for the reasons of like getting pictures taken of them and, and networking. Which and, is great for the con. Yeah. No, it's great. There are it, all it these adds different to the aspects. Atmosphere. Yeah. No, and it, I like to take it all it, in. If you've never been to a Comic-Con... Go to a Comic-Con. Oh, we get people coming in from Idaho and Wyoming and... and uh, All over. Nevada yeah. coming to check out the, the Salt Lake Fan X Comic Convention. Uh, invite you to come out and check it out. Um, if you've never been, if you're just interested in seeing what all the madness and hype is about, just get yourself a day pass. If you think that it would just be fun to walk the floors for three days and you don't really care about spotlights or panels or really spending much money, you just want to hang out, get the three-day pass it's like 30 bucks nice if you get a gold pass i mean you can get in early with the vips but you're not a vip but it's still like 80 dollars, and it's not bad you get some swag you get a yeah. t-shirt you get a button you get some cool stuff uh but if you're gonna go all out and you're just you want to throw money at this thing just go headlong <laughs> VIP, your vip pass <laughs> uh, it's usually 250 dollars with taxes and everything it comes to like 285 I usually do that. I don't have a problem with it because <laughs> I like to go big. So I have a lot of fun, and I really think uh, um, I'm glad that these are here. I just wish that they were here when I was a bit younger. Yeah. would have been cool. But you've been out to these before. I mean, yeah. what do you think? Oh, yeah. You have fun? It's a good time. It's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, again, I, I don't really go for the panels or the spotlights or to meet actors and actresses, but it's more merch and yeah. just... Being able artwork. to get some artwork yeah. and see awesome cosplay. It is cool when you see somebody that you recognize from a TV show or movie come yeah. by, but I, I don't have any of that worship yeah. aspect to me either. I, so. There is something I have to say, and I totally get that perspective, uh, because again, there's there's something there for everybody. Yeah. I mean, there's a kid con going on inside too, if you just wanted to bring your kids and just Drop enjoy them. Drop them off and go do your own thing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or just enjoy watching them interact with the tiny TARDIS and the little, little lightsabers and all that stuff. But there is something I have to be said for having a wall full of photos of me with with people like William Shatner and Stan Lee oh, and Simon Pegg that I yeah. just I get a kick out of. And then having the signatures on things, it's just it's kind of fun. Yeah. But it is extremely expensive. I probably could have gone to England twice by now. Easily, if not three times. <laughs> uh, but hey, thanks for uh, letting me uh, rant about uh, Con, Con uh, Fan X 2008. I will Con! be there. Con! <laughs> I will be there uh, in uh, 2019. As a VIP this time, with a pocket full of cash, ready to th say shut up and take my money and throw it at them. <laughs> Just throw it at people. I I'll be there this uh, you know this next September. So hopefully then we can do another episode about it or yeah. maybe something on the YouTube channel. Well, we'll, we'll have something coming up between the Dead Serial Podcast yeah. and your show on YouTube. Yeah. And uh, maybe I'll take you all with it. me. Yeah, maybe I'll get one of those hidden cameras so I can just walk around and just film yeah. 
18 hours of footage. Black cheesy glasses, a <laughs> hidden cam in the center yeah. would be perfect. Anything you want to I did say forget to, to mention. Yep. Uh, when I met David Tennant for the signature, uh, I was like, hey, you remember me? And he pointed to my arm and he's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> and I showed him the Gallifreyan. Gallifrey is the planet where the Doctor comes from in Doctor Who. He's an alien from a race called the Time Lords. All Time nice. Lords come from Gallifrey. Not all Gallifreyans are Time Lords. More on that later. But I've got this artwork that supposedly is his name, which is a hidden name. The Doctor's a title. It's not his name. Right. His surname isn't who. It's a question. Doctor yeah. who? Who? Uh, which technically it should be Doctor Whom. But um, friendly podcast. I got this. Oh, we love dogs. Got this artwork here that's supposedly his real name. So I showed it to him and I was like, I don't know why I did this. I'm like, that's your name. And he totally <laughs> full on went doctor mode on me. And he's like, oh, I know. And, uh, and he laughed. I laughed. And then I, I, I had to do it. There's so many things I wanted to tell him that I love. But I had to tell him, you're Scrooge McDuck. You're killing it. You guys in DuckTales are killing it. On the new DuckTales. The new DuckTales. But he knew I meant the new DuckTales. But I said, you guys are killing it. He and the person assisting him both just busted up laughing. Because I think I'm the only near middle-aged guy there (laughs) who is like, DuckTales, bro. I know you're working on DuckTales right now. You're killing it. Because the first season (laughs) just ended. It was so good. Don Cheadle was a voice in the final episode. Spoiler alert. I have to watch it. He's a robotic giz- gyro de Gearloose, the creator of Gizmo Duck, who's also in this new DuckTales. Nice. Spoilers. He invents a chip for Donald so you can finally hear what he says. And it's Don Cheadle. And he's saying all these <laughs> badass things. And everybody the entire episode, they're like, do you really always say these things? Because they can't ever understand yeah. them, right? Dude, it's... I, I, again, I'm a near-middle-aged man, and this show is one of the funniest, most exciting <laughs> shows on television for me. DuckTales. So, the new DuckTales. <laughs> so, I told him that, and he just laughed, and he was just like, wow, well, thank you, because I think I was the only... Grown-ass grown man. Grown-ass man talking, talking about, about this about DuckTales. And by the way, you know David Tennant's a Scott. Yeah. So, hearing that accent, and... I didn't get to see his panel, uh, his spotlight either, which was really disappointing, because... I was um, on the vendor booth. I didn't get my notification when there people were lining up. People were lining up for over an hour before his spotlight opened. Like he was next to Jeff Goldblum and maybe Michael Rooker, who was also there. Yondu. You nice. Know, yep. That they were the probably the biggest actors that people were. Oh, and Jason, Jason Mimosa. I mean Momoa. Nice. Yeah. Aquaman. Aquaman. Arthur Curry. I think those were the guys that the, like the most. Cal Drago. Yeah. <laughs> and he's also from a Stargate series as yeah. well, Stargate Atlantis. They were the biggest draw, I think, celebrity-wise. So people were lined up for David Tennant, and I just couldn't get in. It just wasn't <laughs> going to happen. So, But luckily, somebody has uh, down has filmed it and put it on their YouTube channel. So if you check out um, Salt Lake Comic Con, if you check out the YouTube channel, which I think is FanX now, uh, you could see the entire 45-minute uh, panel or spotlight. It's a lot of fun. Uh, talked about fry sauce. A lot of celebrities come here and they talk about fry sauce, and that's always fun to, to hear. Uh, fry sauce yeah. is wonderful. And yeah. coming from a guy who can't stand mayonnaise on its own, <laughs> I fucking love fry sauce. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't mind mayonnaise, <laughs> but given the choice, I'd rather have fry sauce over mayonnaise. So, but yeah, Well, no, you can't have fry sauce without mayonnaise. That's true. 
But Joe, uh, I appreciate it. I look forward to, to things we're going to create and, and do in the future. Me too. Again, hush, hush. But <laughs> stay tuned. Um, and Joe, I'll, I'll be sitting down and talking with you again soon. Yeah, absolutely, man. And that's a wrap on another episode of the Dead Serial Podcast. Joe, I really appreciate you coming on, giving our audience an idea of your experience at Salt Lake Comic Con. I'm really looking forward to the currently untitled Joe Limbaugh show on YouTube presented by Dead Serial. Coming soon. Stay tuned. Join me next month for the return of Heather Caston, the very first guest off the first episode of the Dead Serial podcast. October is Domestic Violence Awareness Month. The last time Heather was on, she really offered me a ton of insight regarding this issue. I still feel like this is a conversation that needs to be had, and I can't wait to sit down with her. Uh, I do have a couple other tricks up my sleeve for the month of October. For those listeners who might not listen to my episodes until the absolute very end, I've got a nice little friendly reminder for you. I'm also going to leave you with a little bit of outro music, and uh, I appreciate you tuning in. We'll see you next time. Hi, I'm Captain America, here to talk to you about one of the most valuable traits a soldier or student can have, patience. Sometimes patience is the key to victory. Sometimes it leads to very little, and it seems like it's not worth it. And you wonder why you waited so long for something so disappointing. How many more of these? Ladies and gentlemen, I leave you with one of my favorite bands, Everybody Out.
Ouch. By the way, you people have the greatest Comic-Con in the world. 